Today on the Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding, it's a rapid-fire Q&A that's coming in hot, and it's made possible by Safari Club International. What's going on, everybody? Back at you. Chad, dead mounts or flying mounts? I'm a huge dead mount fan. What do you think about flagging Canada geese? Great question, and I love flagging Canada geese. Full-body mallards, are they effective? Of course they are. What do we have to do to score a spot in your hunting party? We do sweepstakes and win a hunt with the Foul Life, and we have a lot of fun. But there's opportunities out there. I hope to see you guys win a hunt with us. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to see you at a duck camp. A special thanks to Safari Club International for supporting the Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts. Be sure to check them out and become a member today at safariclub.org. Here's your King Eider Kingpin, Chad Belding. What's going on, everybody? Back at you. The season is here. Full pledge. It's been an awesome start. I hope you all are getting them seen lots of good reports all over the country north dakota south dakota california idaho nevada minnesota thinking of all the places tony vanamore's tearing them up at habitat flats canada was unbelievable nick mcnamara at basswood lodge is off to a strong start in the regular duck and goose season after an awesome molt migration canada goose season where we got to join him my boys at wild brassica jj and mike are off to a strong start both canada geese and mallard ducks it's looking to be a good one 2023 24 it's what we hope for it's the best time of the year hope you all had a nice halloween getting ready for a great thanksgiving with family and friends and then on christmas i can't wait I love this time of year, but I hope it does go slow. I can't wait, but I can wait. I want these next about 55, 60 days to be awesome. Just awesome hunts, awesome times with friends and family. And that's what we're doing here. Safari Club International, Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding, yours truly. Right here at the Foul Life Podcast, Safari Club International, first for hunters, fighting relentlessly behind the scenes daily, Capitol Hill, Washington, D.C., all over North America, the world, fighting for worldwide hunter rights. We cannot take it for granted, and we ought to be blessed and feel blessed to have organizations like Safari Club International fighting for us daily when we don't even know they are. Trust me, they are. Become a member, safariclub.org. Become a life member. Become a volunteer, join a committee, go to a banquet, go to the International Convention in Nashville last week of January 2024 at the Nashville Convention Center, Music City Convention Center. It was there last year. Best one I've ever attended. So much momentum going into year two in Nashville. I cannot wait for Safari Club International's convention in Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. I thought I'd just answer a few questions. I get so many questions coming in on our websites and through our newsletter and through our social media platforms. I just wanted to take a few minutes and uh, hopefully this answers questions for a bunch of you, gives you some ideas, perspectives, open your eyes a little bit to different ideas, different strategies. Um, The first one was when it comes to duck and goose taxidermy, do you prefer dead mounts or flying mounts? And I'm a huge dead mount fan. I love them if they're done right. I'm talking the anatomy of the bird, the thickness of the neck, the puffiness and color of the feet, the beak. I just, I like dead mounts when they're done right and they're tasteful. I have several dead mounts, sprig hanging in a lodge in Arkansas, widgeon hanging um, at a lodge in Wyoming. We have um, canvas backs hanging. And the biggest one that I've ever been a part of was one I did two and a half years ago with my boy, Neil. I'm not going to say his last name because he is the man, but I don't know if he wants any more business. 
This mount is currently in my good friend John Shaw's lodge in Idaho, and it's amazing. 360-degree walk-around bar. So you can walk around the whole thing. It's lit. It has electricity ran to it. It's all lit up, and you put your wine, your cheese, your whiskey, your beer, your charcuterie board. You can eat breakfast standing up. It's like what I wanted to emulate was that duck club, that that morning after the first hunt of the weekend or um, just, you know, that activity that goes on. You're having a celebration drink or a cold pop with your friends, a cup of coffee, getting ready for breakfast. You're standing around. You're looking at all the ducks hanging, looking how everybody did, telling stories about the morning, figuring out what to do tomorrow, and the duck club is still active. There's still ducks moving around so you're hearing them you're seeing them you're looking up in the sky so this has got 39 dead mounts hanging from it if you picture a walk around bar and then it's got a frame that goes up that's kind of a structure and off of all four corners of that structure up top there's dead mounts hanging from all four corners on leather old style leather lanyards and then down by your waist uh, inside where you can't hit them with your waist or your legs there's dead mounts hanging off of all four corners of the actual bar piece so there's eight corners that have dead mounts dead mallards and pintails hanging from them and then on the top of the bar there's three widgeon exploding off of the water like i said the duck club is still active so when you walk into the lodge you know that john hosts a lot of military events at his place and they love standing around that and it just it brings back memories it tells a story it's taxidermy at its finest i love dead mounts but If I had to choose one, it's going to be realistic, authentic, legitimate flying mounts coming at you. I'm not a big fan of the duck breast facing the wall, wings spread with the head looking back at you. I like full frontal chest in your face cupped up feet down beaks neck i pay attention to the eyes the color and the painting of the beak the painting of the feet and the injection of the feet the anatomy of the wings and the posturing how they're looking how they're setting up are they realistic and if you break down waterfowl with you know real high def high speed cameras that you can put into slow motion you can start to see some of these poses and my boy makes them come alive so i've got a pedestal canada goose mount that's got four canadas back flapping into a decoy spread one canada has already landed and went to eating all of those geese were killed in colorado out of the same flock they're all neck banded now with some leg bands they weren't when i killed them but through other hunts i thought this we'd spruce this mount up I love that mount. Pedestal mounts are my favorite because if they're placed in the right spot in a game room or a lodge, you can walk around and really look at the detail. Always maintaining a maintenance is key. Dusting them, getting the dust and debris off of them, the cobwebs. You got to take care of your mounts at all times. So flying mounts coming in. I have another mount that I just posted on the Foul Life Instagram. It's the mount that really started banded. It's nine greenheads all banded coming through flooded timber. It's another pedestal style mount. It's got a no trespassing sign in the middle, all shot up by the rednecks, you know. And then it's got a plaque on it that says strike up the band. And that's the mount that I looked at when I had the idea of starting a company called Banded in 2008 actually 2007 so we went to air with the first season of foul life with banded productions and started banded gear by the fall of 2009 and that mountain is what started it all i looked at it and i'm like i wonder if we could name a company banded and i got with my intellectual property attorney and we tried it with the uspto the patent and trademark office 
and we got it. And the rest is history. We're proud of Bandit. But that mount, full frontal, all different position, dodging the limbs, dodging the branches, just like ducks do. Mallard ducks run into branches when they're coming into the woods of Arkansas flooded timber. So I wanted to emulate that. I got big plans for a speckle belly, full frontal flying mount. And I got a mallard mount, another one being done right now. I don't know if it's going to be coming out of a ceiling or if it's going to be coming out of the wall, but it's going to be a lot of mallards. And it's going to be in a lodge that I think we're going to build in Arkansas. But remember, when you're dealing with taxidermy, always make sure everything is by the book. Every bird is tagged. What date you killed that bird, where you were at, your license number, what county you were in. And, and make sure that taxidermist has full records of every bird that you leave with him or her to get mounted. So it's actually a good question. And, um, you know, taxidermy is big time to me and I have a lot of duck mounts. I'm looking at my daughter, Alyssa's first mount right now. First duck she ever killed with the 410. It's a bull can, the king of ducks. And it's a gorgeous mount done by another top-notch national taxidermist. Um, one of the finer canvas back flying mounts I've ever seen. I'll post a picture of that on the foullife.com as well, but taxidermy is awesome. Thank you for the question. Let's go to the next one. When it comes to flagging Canada geese, can you do it from a panel blind when you're not necessarily right in the decoy spread? Great question. Think about that. When you're in a panel blind, like we just used them in Canada, we use them in Kansas, we use them in Oklahoma, we use them in a lot of areas. Um, when you don't have a pit blind or you're not in a ground blind situation or standing up against a tree, these panel blinds have become very popular. When used right, they're deadly, they're lethal. And you got to step your decoy spread off though. Like if you're hunting on an edge, if you get right out in the middle, you still don't want to have your decoys right around you. It might work, but we usually step off 22, 25 paces, get the first line of decoys out there about 22 yards, 60 feet, 70 feet, and then start making our kill holes. And I've done a Greenhead Gear Presents foul life podcast lately where i talked about lesser hunting and the decoy spreads and the strategy and the size of the spreads number of decoys full body silhouette sprinkling in snows and that salt and pepper effect but when it comes to flagging yeah you can do it out of a panel blind think about you got your decoys away from you the geese are 200 yards and they're coming at you or they're going left to right or right to left you can hit them their depth perception isn't that good to where they can go oh that flag is way far away from those decoys you know they're going to see that it's going to show action landing flocks you know your flag up in the air and you're shaking it and you're bringing it down and it's back up and you might bring it down behind your head and you're just showing multiple geese landing together like a realistic flock of Canada geese and I love flagging Canada geese I don't do it a lot for specs don't do it a lot for snows you know you got the vortexes and the flags and the kites and the spinners and everything when it comes to snow goose hunting to create activity and movement but Canada goose hunting, I love the idea of an electric flag system, the jerk flag system that we're thinking about bringing back with Bandit and Avery, putting it out in the spread. So now you're doubled up. You got your hand flag, an Avery Outdoors super flag, Canada goose flag in your hand in the panel blind, and you're standing up over the top of the blind and you're getting their attention way out there. And then you got your remote for your electric system in your decoy spread. And as they approach, you can lift it up and drop it lift it up and drop it. When I'm in this pit or I'm right in the middle of the spread, when they're 50 yards and closing, I'm picking my flag up six, eight inches and then dropping it. Just showing a bird moving around, stretching his or her wings. And that's activity, that's movement. And they're gonna pinpoint that movement as they come in. If you go long or big and spread your decoy spread out and you're in a pit blind or ground blinds or your panel blind and you wanna get them into that area, you wanna put that movement where the kill hole is. They're gonna come to that call. They're gonna come to that sound. They're gonna come to those vocalizations. They're gonna come to that conversation 
negotiation and negotiation, and they're going to come to that flag and that movement. So think about getting some kind of electric flag system in your decoy spread when you're using a panel blind, but don't be afraid to have your hand flag with you and doing it when they're hundred yards out there. They're still not going to be able to tell it a hundred yards and then put it down behind the blind, just always to where you can grab it there. It seems like our flags always disappear and we get in a panic to get rid of them. Take your time, take a breath, pump the brakes a little bit, get the flag done, show that activity in motion. And then go to calling. You might be calling with one hand if you're the flagger and the caller. Hopefully you have a dedicated flag guy or flag girl in the blind and they'll be shaking that flag and they know what they're doing. The timing of it, the motion of it, the mechanics of flagging. You don't just hold it up like it's a kite and let it sit up there. That's not realistic. You got to really get your wrist and your forearm to it and bring it down and then back up and then shake it back down and flap. And you can get those flags, those into that flag moving like wings and cupping ups. Don't be too aggressive with them. I've seen them break, but they they've got a lot of durability to them so be thinking about that when you're flagging canada geese yes you can use them in a panel blind but it's always a good idea to have them you know around you know a, a flag around the decoy spread i truly believe in pinpointing that action spot that landing hole where you want those decoys to go so that's what i'm going to stick with right there yes flag out of a panel blind obviously when they're 20 yards you don't want to be flagging standing up in a panel blind to where the attention's on you you know what i mean so always be thinking about that and um Let's move on to the next question. Full body mallard decoys. Do you use them? Are they effective? Of course they are. I truly believe it. I know a lot of people in Canada put the spinners out with the full body goose decoys and you smoke mallards and sprig and young ducks up there in September, October. I get that. I truly understand that. But I love greenhead gear, full body mallard decoys, flocked head greenheads. They're beautiful. The rester set, the sleeper set, you mix them in a sandbar riverbanks, an ice hole where you got the edges and you line them with sleeper shells, full body mallards, full body geese, sleeper shell Canada goose from Greenhead Gear. You got your floaters in the hole. Man, that's a deadly hunt. I absolutely love ice holes. Oh, but yeah, full body mallards. You got your mojos going in a cornfield in Montana or North, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oklahoma in a peanut field. Yeah, when those ducks get close and they see those green heads down there and the movement of those spinning wings and the flash, and then they get tight and they're like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of ducks down there feeding. Ducks don't look like geese. And I'm not saying you need them. I'm not saying that you absolutely have to have them, but I truly believe in full body mallard duck decoys and having them in your spread. You can still have your Canada's, but you'll kill a lot of mallards. If you're just pinpointing and targeting mallards and you killed all your geese in the morning and you're going after mallard ducks in the afternoon, you just need four or five dozen mallard duck decoys, maybe a few more than that if you have them. And however many mojos suit you, whatever tickles your fancy. I'm all about the mojos in a dry field. I don't think you're going to have that much success in a dry field for ducks without a mojo. So keep that in mind. Yes, I think full body mallards are an awesome addition for any dry field water spread along the banks, along the shoreline along the sandbar the gravel bar the gravel pit the ice hole i truly think they're an awesome addition i think that the mindset goes well we're not going to spend the money or we're not going to need them because we have enough can of goose that's fine i like to be as realistic as possible perfectionist but create your own hunt nothing's right legal ethic do it this guy wants to know his name's aaron how can we hunt with the foul life I don't know if you want to <laughs> just being honest, like we do sweepstakes and win a hunt with a foul life and we have a lot of fun, but 
it's a lot of work and it's different. It's a cool experience in the behind the scenes in the camp. I understand that it's a cool experience and I don't want to take it for granted, whether we have athletes or military or musicians in camp and they're picking around a campfire and the meals, the recipe, Bill Bogey in Arkansas. I just think that all the work and the after work that goes into that three days of filming hunts and knowing that you can't just kill them and call the shot whenever we're filming for TV and entertainment and um, I don't put up with a lot of scraping or sky blasting, none of that, or shooting them off camera and, and just pass shooting them. I know that that can be realistic, but if you work hard at it, you can get them to commit and you can get them at 15 feet, 15 yards, right in the decoys. Unless of course you're using that panel blind and you got them stepped off a little bit further than that, but you still want them back flapping in the decoys, in my opinion. So Yes, we do hunts. We do invite people. We give them away at banquets, safari club banquets, DU banquets, Delta banquets, Nevada waterfowl banquets, California waterfowl association banquets. Um, we're getting ready to run a big sweepstakes with a big company in the country for a, a chance to win a hunt with us. But yeah, you, you can hunt with us. There's chances to do it and enter at, to win. Um, but just be prepared. It's not the same as just going out and hunting with your buddies. There's no tobacco. There's no cussing in the blind. I mean, I know that we slip once in a while, but we try to keep it pretty professional and we try to get our work done. And after the hunt is kind of before the hunt and after the hunt is when the real work starts. We're always working audio and camera angles and dead batteries and moving microphones around and moving tripods around and cameraman in and out of the blind, camera women in and out of the blind. And everybody's working their butts off and then after the hunt the b-roll the drone shots the calling and the shooting and the loading of the guns i mean we know that all of it's not 100 real but to make it look real the stuff that actually happens in a hunt you have to go back and recreate it because we don't have the budget like steven spielberg to make a big hollywood production i wish we did that'd be kind of fun to have a whole production team out in the field you know producing a, a season of the foul life and that's what we have this year but it's still not the same we got to work extra hard to get the shots then it's back to the lodge it's cleaning the ducks kershaw moments butchering processing grinders getting ready for the recipe then we film the recipe then we might be filming scouting and then we put podcast up and film podcasts for interview styles and film a dog tip when brad errington or andrew from wild acres in camp i mean it's constant non-stop work so yeah it's it, we love it it's our way of life obviously we're in six we're filming season 16 of the foul life right now so there's opportunities out there i hope to see you guys win your girls win a hunt with us i'd love to meet you i'd love to see you at a duck camp experiencing um behind the scenes with the foul life and who knows maybe you really will enjoy it and catch on and it might give you some inspiration or influence to maybe start your own or try it yourself um it can happen i'm just saying it's a lot of hard work so let's go with one more i, I saved this one for last because i don't know how people feel about it but when it comes to dogs question is when do you let your dogs out for a hunt and it's kind of, you got to judge it by each hunt, right? If you're in flooded timber and you're on a boat, the first thing I do with a well-trained dog is collar on, boat ride, safety, out of the boat in the hole, dog stand onto a tree, wrap the chain around, secure it, mount it, dog on that stand. If it's a very well-trained dog, like Axel will not move once he's on that stand. If it's not a very well-trained dog, I'll have him in the boat the whole time until every decoy is out, everybody's in position, all the cameras are set up, and then the dog will go on the stand. But we don't have any dogs like that, really. Duff and Waylon and Axel and Slash and Izzy and Bella and, I mean, any of the dogs that we hunt with are there. Timber, 
Nelly, they're all dead on when it comes to paying attention and focus because they've been trained by the right trainers and their maintenance is there. But when it comes to a dry land hunt and you got your dogs in a hard kennel in the back of your truck, you know, you get out there, there might be UTVs going in and out of the field. You got trucks and trailers. There's no way I'm letting my dogs out of the kennel. No way. Not even to stretch, not even to air. They're going to wait. They're on a maintenance schedule. They're on a timing schedule. They're going to wait patiently with manners in that kennel no barking no squealing no whining they know what the deal is they know the gigs up when i open that back hinge and and open that door they know it's time to roll but they're not coming out i will never ever allow an accident to happen of a dog being in the wrong place at the wrong time a guy might not have his headlight on the the utv takes off bam dog runs in because either she's excited i just don't have time for it dog safety before the hunt during the hunt after the hunt so important Breaking dogs, no. Squealing dogs, whining dogs, absolutely not. If your dog's breaking, just go read stories about dogs dying in the decoys because of breaking. People getting overzealous, a low flock of teal come in from a pit blind in a rice field, flooded rice, bam. It's tough. Kill my hunting career. When they leave that kennel in the morning from the lodge or hunt camp, they become a tool to me. They're not just my hunting buddy. They're not just my friend. They're not the same dog that cuddles with me at Christmas time if we have a couple days off or jumps in the lake when we're wakeboarding in the summer. That is a tool, a conservation tool. They become a machine to me. They're still the utmost importance to me, and that's why we protect them. They don't care. If you open that door, they're gone. They know they're out there running around, doing their thing, peeing on everything, marking their territory, every tire, every decoy. Put your blind bag down. I dare you. No, don't do it. Put your thermos down. No, don't do it. These male dogs are crazy. Females are a little bit more subdued, but they still like running around and they get a sniff of something. It might be a bird from the day before or or there's water by. Next thing you know, they're off and you don't know where they're at. They get cut by barbed wire. They go by a dirt road or a county road when they're chasing a cripple that might be in the area from the day before. Anything can happen. So always be thinking. It's foul thoughts. Safari Club International. We care about every part of the hunt. The rabbit hunt, the squirrel hunt, the duck hunt, goose hunt, sheep hunt, whitetail hunt, mule deer hunt. African hunts, Antarctica hunts, Russian hunts, New Zealand hunts, South American hunts. Safari Club is there for all of it. Become a member, safariclub.org. I hope you like these Foul Thoughts episodes. It's just me rambling a little bit on a microphone, freestyling a little bit like Eminem. I just went to Ice Cube and Too Short, Gangster Rap. It was awesome. Got to keep an open mind. That's back from my childhood. NWA. Ice Cube and Easy E and Randon Yeller and Dre and Too Short, Todd Shaw from Oakland, California was a great concert. I know a lot of hunters are going to be like, well, what are you talking about rap music for? We're country music fans. We're Zach Bryan fans only. Nope. I like it all. I like Pavarotti and Andrea Bocelli. I like George Strait and Willie Nelson. I love Axl Rose and James Hetfield and Freddie Mercury and Robert Plant and Slipknot and Alice in Chains and Kurt Cobain and Nirvana and Chris Cornell and Audio Slave. I love Stone Temple Pilots and Velvet Revolver. Rest in peace, Scott. I love them all. Love country music. I love hip hop, like Lil Wayne and Eminem, Ice Cube and NWA, Too Short, like I just said. So many, so much good music out there. Stay safe, everybody. It's the 2023-24 season. Right now, this is Safari Club International's Foul Thoughts. Yours truly, Chad Belding, the Foul Life Podcast. Thank you all so much for the subscriptions and downloads. Go on to your podcast listening platform. Please critique us. Leave us a review. Judge us. Tell us if we suck, if we're good, if you're liking it, if we need to do more, if we need to do less. We want them to keep growing. 
We're honored to do it. We're honored to bring this sister podcast, This Life Ain't For Everybody, Where the Payment Ends, Anna V's American Wing Shooting, and Jennifer Swenson's 40 Years to Freedom, all right here at our family of podcasts. I'm Chad Belling for Safari Club International. Thank you all so much. Hope to see you at 2024 convention in Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. Find us. We'll probably be in the Benelli booth or the Bandit booth. Thank you all for listening. The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts Canine Traveling Protocol. Question is, when do you let your dogs out for a hunt? When it comes to a dry land hunt, you got your dogs in a hard kennel in the back of your truck. There's no way I'm letting my dogs out of the kennel. They're going to wait patiently with manners in that kennel. No barking, no squealing, no whining. They don't care. If you open that door, they know they're out there running around, doing their thing, peeing on everything, marking their territory, every tire, every decoy. Put your blind bag down, I dare you. Put your thermos down. No, don't do it. These male dogs are crazy. This episode of The Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts has been proudly brought to you by Safari Club International, Yukonuba, Federal Premium Black Cloud, Benelli, Bandit, and The Provider. Chad Belding will wrap the show right after this word from our partners. Stay tuned. Safari Club International, first for hunters. That's not just a slogan. They're on Capitol Hill, lobbyists, lawyers, attorneys, fighting for hunters' rights across this world. I talk to the president and CEO, Laird Hamberlin, all the time, and it blows my mind to understand his traveling schedule as he represents Safari Club International in so many different facets. Meetings, organizations, banquets, you name it. Every single thing that this man is doing with his crew and team, Ben Cassidy, Chris LaCovicia, it is amazing to see the work being done behind the scenes by Safari Club International. And if you don't think that hunting rights need to be fought for, then you haven't watched the news, you haven't been well read, you haven't been paying attention. Get your head out of the sand and pay attention to what's going on in our country, let alone the world right now. And Safari Club International, is fighting for our rights every single day. So become a member, join them, attend a banquet, attend the National Convention. Late January 2024, Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. The Safari Club International Convention will be back. It was bigger than better last year, and it's going to be bigger and better again this year. I'm telling you, we cannot take our hunting rights for granted. We need Safari Club International fighting for our rights behind the scenes every single day. So when you're watching that sunrise or your dog, Dogs swim back with a mouthful of mallard feathers. Watching those big honkers descend or that whitetail get underneath your tree stand. Squirrel hunters, I don't care what you hunt. I don't care what species and I don't care where. I don't care what tactic. Safari Club International is fighting for our rights. Get involved. Become a life member if you can. A yearly member for sure. And again, we are proud members, life members of Safari Club International. We truly believe in their message and their fight. And we are going to fight right alongside with them. Thank you, SCI first for hunters looking for a high quality truck accessory that's built to last look no further than lear with over 50 years of experience in the industry these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and performance best whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap a harder soft cover or accessories to customize your truck lear's got you covered their products are made with only the best materials and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners head over to lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level it's called benelli's the foul life for a reason we love benelli they are the top shelf of waterfowl shotguns all shotguns for that matter in my opinion but when you start talking about duck blinds goose blinds lay down blinds panel blinds pit blinds the debris the wear and tear everything that we put our guns through throughout a duck season whether it's a 60-day duck season in the south or you start up north and north of the border in canada alberta saskatchewan and follow the migration south some of us myself included hunt over 120 days a year and every single time i squeeze that benelli trigger it goes bam i'm so 
proud and honored to be part of the Benelli family. And when it comes to the Super Black Eagle 3, the 12 gauge, the 20 gauge, the 28 gauge, I absolutely love this line of shotguns, the inertia, every single thing from the rib down to the sight, to the choke tube, to the constrictions, the performance is what it's all about with Benelli. The Super Black Eagle series in 12 gauge, 20 gauge, and 28 gauge, whether you get Rob Roberts to build the performance shop or you keep them straight out of the box factory, they perform their simply perfect. It's Benelli. It's the confidence of shouldering that shotgun and the responsibility of pointing it at a live animal and squeezing that trigger. The dispatch, humane, ethics, everything that goes into it. Benelli believes in the culture of the duck hunter, the goose hunter, the turkey hunter, the upland hunter. So whether you're doing sporting clays, whether you're chasing waterfowl, chasing upland, chasing turkeys, Benelli builds a shotgun for you. Benelli's the foul life. They're 13 seasons as our title sponsor. Can you imagine this relationship. Thank you, Benelli. Thank you all for supporting Benelli. And I know it's all of our goal to walk into that sporting good, that Benelli dealer, that store and say, let me shoulder that super black eagle. And now you can do it in so many gauges, the sub gauges included. We're fired up. Good luck this season. Stay safe out there and shoot straight. Shoot Benelli. Cuts like a knife. I think that was Brian Adams. Stay sharp. Sharp dressed man. That was Billy Gibbons and ZZ Top. Kershaw. Knives. They are all about staying sharp, staying safe, getting that meat off the bone, getting those breasts off that breastplate of those Canada geese, those specks with skin on, pluck a few feathers off, and then cut it out. Let the knife guide you. A little bit of pressure with your offhand, just slicing through it. A sharp knife is everything. There's so much more danger that comes with using a dull knife and not staying sharp. Kershaw supports the American hunter, the American fisher, the conservationist, the gatherer, the provider. Our recipes, every single one of our kitchen knives, hunting knives, fishing fillet knives are all Kershaw. We truly believe in the culture of Kershaw knives and their messaging, and they support brands like the Foul Life podcast and the Foul Life TV. See them in action right now on brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life, airing right now exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We try to show the knives in action every week on different episodes when we're taking that meat that bounty of those ducks and geese from the field to the processing to the Traeger to the table eating that bounty high-fiving maybe a little bit of Jack Daniels or red wine or a bush light beer it doesn't matter stay safe out there enjoy it in moderation but don't be afraid to celebrate the hunt and also always having a Kershaw knife in your blind bag and being ready for anything that might come whether you gotta cut some grass or cut some parachute cord or cut some salami in the blind they make saws they make fillets they make folding knives straight blade knives pocket knives Every single blade that comes out of the Kershaw factory is guaranteed to be the sharpest. It's an unbelievable experience. Thank you, Kershaw. Thank you, Dominic. They're our family of knives right at Kershaw, the official knife and blade of the Foul Life podcast and the Foul Life TV. Thank you all for supporting Kershaw Knives. Today's episode may be over, but we've only just begun. Safari Club International, Foul Thoughts with Chad Belding, yours truly. Be sure to stay up to date and informed by streaming the Foul Life's SCI Foul Thoughts on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, thefoullife.com, or on your preferred streaming platform. And make plans to attend the SCI convention in Nashville, January 31st through February 3rd. Hunt them up.